Hey guys, welcome back. A few things before we get started as usual. Don't forget our conference is coming up right around the corner, three months away, I think 90 days actually uh, from today, May 2nd through the 5th, Grafton, Mm -hmm. Illinois. That's going to be a lot of fun. Secret Space Conference. Um, It's something, it's a topic that's getting a lot of, there's a lot of mockery being made of the Secret Space program right now. And there is some legitimacy to, uh, to what's actually happening. Yes, there is some shills and some fraud, but we want to kind of uh, build a build a credible case, you know, to actually do it justice. So if you're at all interested, come out and join us May 2nd uh, through the 5th, Grafton, Illinois. Tickets are in the link below, secretspaceconference.info. And there are live stream tickets available also for those who can't make it. That's going to be a lot of fun and uh, super excited about that. Don't forget our promo codes. They're all in the description below if you're looking for some new CBD or uh, omniation or omniation omniation <laughs> balancer omnia radiation <laughs> balancer uh, for any type of radiation at 5g and uh, obviously we have our teespring merch 20 percent off that with promo code 20 and back uh, all of that is in the description below tonight we are joined by our friends justin deschamps and ryan delarm from vigilant news well vigilant news is their new uh, new program, but um, Justin has been with Stillness in the Storm for years now. And Ryan, you're founder of Underground Newswire, right? Yeah, I've been doing that since uh, about 2018. Yeah, so uh, I guess they've decided to combine forces and they're doing like a nightly news show um, covering just worldwide events and among many other things. So we're super excited to just have some fun chatting with them tonight and getting into some current things, which we don't typically do. So welcome to the show, guys. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's awesome. How long have you guys been doing this for, anyway? We're right at the three-year mark, I believe. Wow. That's that sounds exact, exactly awesome. three years now. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's Thank you. amazing, actually, that we've, we're still doing this. But it's it's a passion it's, at this point. And it's like you can't throw in the towel now. You got to keep going, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just right. to the end. It's That's fulfilling, right. too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, super. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a um, but before we get started tonight, I want to share my screen because I woke up to this on social media. There was a sighting of essentially a portal, what looks like a portal, um, right over my house. Basically, it was it was it was the Jefferson huge. County, right? Jefferson Jefferson That's, County, which is minutes away. I mean, but it was seen. Can you guys ten minutes? Can you guys that. see my screen? Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Yeah, it's like 10 minutes away, but it was seen all the way in Arkansas. And I went on this Facebook page and started reading the comments. And there was tons more pictures. People like this was a mass sighting. Um, and what's interesting, this comment that I have on the screen says it was above our house, too, in Jefferson County, Missouri. Last night, my dad saw it and took a picture of it. A retired Air Force Air Force colonel. He said it was the most unusual thing he'd ever seen and had no noise. Um, not that we need an Air Force colonel to tell us that this is unusual, <laughs> but oh, it's unusual. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys seen anything like this before? I know the Norway spiral was a was looked similar to this. Similar, but a little different. Yeah, I, I think it was bigger. A yeah, bit bigger maybe. I think it was bigger, but I, don't quote me on that. I, yeah, I haven't seen one in, in with my own eyes, I should say, but I have, you know, kind of done a tour of these things when I was trying to figure well, it out. Well, the Norway spiral, the spiral. Here, here's the Norway on, spiral. On, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah it's like a go. long thing. Long, okay, I forgot about the long tail. too. Right. Yeah. And this is this is an actual photograph 
um apparently of that and then there's another one here on. i was gonna say i thought i remember one that looked closer to that maybe it wasn't the, the norway spiral um this is what what you were thinking of aaron no there was one, well that but then there was one that looked more similar to or maybe that is what i was thinking of <laughs> trip but right. yeah, see how so yeah, see how the spiral goes yeah. on for a long, yeah. a long so time. So that was a lot of people's speculation that it was a uh what a portal. But mm -hmm. then uh yeah. Dan Dan Cooper, who you guys know we've had on the show, he hopped in the comments on Facebook and he said, Yes, the Norway spiral and this one are similar, not the same, two different portals with different purposes. However, I can tell you for certainty that that is a portal and that it is most definitely not created by an EM drive. Fascinating. The reason I thought it was created by an EM drive is because um, Penny Bradley, if you guys are aware of her, she talked about this in one of her interviews about the SpaceX, the failed SpaceX launch is actually a test flight for this technology that creates, an, it's an EM drive that creates a portal. And she explains it. I know this is a little out of the norm for us, but I'm going to play this video if you guys don't mind where yeah. she where she breaks that down and then uh, we can yeah. just discuss it, it from there. Yeah. What they're calling the EM drive. Now it, we called it the copper microwave where you make a bell out of copper and you hit it with microwaves and it produces force. If you're in an atmosphere and you need to or open a portal, that's the way to do it. Because when you open that, it forms this teardrop-shaped field. And inside of that, you can open a portal and it won't suck the atmosphere through it. It's safe to go into hyperspace inside that. If there's no substances, it closes right behind us. It's the field that's produced by the EM drive. It makes a shielding. Elon Musk had this launch that was supposed to be a big failure. He was supposed to be putting this satellite into space. And I saw this teardrop field form and I went, oh my God. And then I saw the spiral in it. That's an EM ship. There was one in Florida, one in California, and there was one in Russia, and there was one in China. Earth-level military has that level of technology now. The big three have just tested it. And I could just imagine all the generals doing a happy dance because that's, that's incredible technology. The, the cover story was that they were putting a satellite in orbit and that it had basically failed at the second stage. It wasn't even that, it was testing this engine. All four times that I saw it tested, it did exactly what it was supposed to. You have, it looks like a rocket coming up. And when- the So she just goes on to describe it more in detail, but you guys saw it. I, I thought that was fascinating. Um, yeah. What do you guys think about that? Well, um, first of all, I don't discount the possibility. And, you know, this is actually a good opportunity to get into like discernment techniques. Um, right. So, you know, I study a lot of epistemology, which is basically the philosophy of discernment. Um, it's been around for a very long time, it might be one of the oldest forms of philosophy, although it has many different names. 
And it's essentially the philosophy is how do you organize information and how do you figure out whether something's true or not? So a really good thing to keep in mind when we talk about this stuff is there is no perfect discernment process. Any time you're using a discernment process, you're not going to get a black and white yes or no answer. You're going to get a range of possible answers based off of what kind of system you use to evaluate it. So let's consider the possibility that this is actually a, uh, an, a portal or an EM craft. What evidence do we have to support that? Well, we have the evidence that we see here of this footage, and it looks like they're spiraling. Now we have somebody who provided testimony that in their professional opinion or their expert opinion, it appears to be a portal, and they're drawing from their own uh, experience with this. Now, the question for us is, how do we interpret that? Because we might not have, uh, what was the, the one we were just linked to? What was um, Penny Bradley. Penny Bradley. We don't have Penny Bradley's experience. You know, if we could see through her eyes, if we could telepathically connect with her, then we could use all her experiences, her, her, her research, all of her knowledge to be like, oh, I, now I see why she thinks this is a portal. But we just have to take her word for it, right? Exactly. Because we don't necessarily have that experience. And now maybe you're somebody who went to school for physics, maybe you understand fluid dynamics and like this, and you can have a different opinion. But essentially, and the idea is that your ability to fact check it or discern it is based on what supporting uh, information you have behind it. Right. And it's about considering possibilities. So I'd say that's definitively a possibility that this is some kind of a portal or it could be something more mundane. For example, in the the when they do flight missile tests, especially ones that go on the upper atmosphere, there's a point where the booster rocket falls away. And if it's if it's eclipsed the gravitational horizon, then it'll start to create all these really beautiful geometric effects because that that uh, booster rocket flies off and now it's drifting through space. And if you've ever seen anything drifting through space, it's basically going to form like an almost perfect circular eclipse as it drifts away and it starts to fall away. And this exhaust is still coming to come off it. So there is a case to be made for the fact that it might just be a missile. And what we're seeing are these atmospheric, high atmospheric effects. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean that's true. So we have two possibilities. Which one do we, you know, do we work with? And, and as a last little point on this, you know, it's, you have to be okay with possibility. I don't, I don't know for sure that this is a portal, but I don't know for sure it isn't a portal. And so I evaluate each one and I prepare for each one. So that way, whatever comes out in the future, I'm prepared for each one. Right. And uh, yeah, the reason I, exactly. the reason I shared Dan Cooper's um, post, because he is a physicist and he, and he works with free energy technology stuff that he can't even patent because they'll just bury it. So, um, and he, and he deals with this stuff, in particular the EM drives and stuff. Uh, we've had him on the show talked about that, and it was his expert opinion that it was in fact a portal. That's why I shared that. But it, it, we don't know. Like I love what you said. Everything coming in right now, we literally just have to take everyone's word for it. That's yeah. that's even with I mean, in the mainstream media, that's how they operate. They know that. They know we just have to take their word for stuff that's happening around the world because we can't prove it. We're not over there. Mm -hmm. well, at least we know we can't trust them. Right. The main, exactly. What the mainstream media does, what I've noticed, they love to, they create the perception that the information is coming from experts. So they're always using the term experts say, yeah. experts say, you know, uh, and then show. They, so they, they psychologically create the illusion that the information they're putting forth or they're giving you is expert opinion. And so you, you, you create the authority of the information and then people just go oh that's that's the truth without questioning and that yeah. just stops you in your tracks of of being like is this true let me look into it myself mm -hmm. and we're already conditioned not to do that anyway so 
um, yeah, that's what the, the mainstream media, they, they do really, really well is like create this psychological, uh, illusion of this is expert information. Don't, you have no need to question it. Just, just accept it. Right. And that's the worst thing you can do in general with anything is <laughs> just yeah. accept it immediately. 100%. That's it. End of story. I have the truth you know right. and that's that's the most dangerous thing you can you can ever do in my opinion <laughs> in well, life intelligence just... agencies definitely know how to manipulate societies and yeah we know they're yeah, embedded they in the media so that's <laughs> right. yeah so there you go and they're exactly. embedded in the alternative you know so it's like even when you start to break like you go through that process where you can't believe the mainstream news anymore and then all of a sudden you're open to all kinds of stuff and so then they take advantage of that as well and throw in a bunch of false stuff that's what's so hard about the stuff that we look into and we're brave enough to talk about and consider mm -hmm. but it's just man it's exactly been so saturated with like plants and you know that's right. right so how did you guys find oh, each yeah. other how did you guys find each other and start vigilant news and and what do you guys just for our audience? I realize we didn't give you a proper introduction, so just want to explain to our audience what you guys cover and, and what you guys actually do. Cool. Well, um, I guess I'll start first, and then you can jump in with how you got coming. Um, I started Stillness back in 2013. It was just a radio show uh, for a while. Then we created the the website. Not me and Ryan, but me and my partner at the time, Julian. And um, we were just sharing our, our research, basically trying to figure out what the world was like. And we just put our information online because we wanted to join the conversation. And that took on a life of its own. And flash forward years later, it was covering all sorts of different things, um, health, ufology, spirituality, philosophy, science, you know, all sorts of stuff. And then um, in 20, God, was it 2018, I think? Is that when you reached out to me? I had I had a little form to like submit to reach out to me to help working with me. And then Ryan reached out to me. Yeah, I was living in Chicago, working three jobs, trying to get Underground Newswire off the ground. And uh, I was using, I was heavily using, you know, stillness for my, you know, to get my news. And I was among all the places that you tend to, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know, aggregate news from. Uh, but so I was like, man, I might as well reach out to him. He's already doing what I'm trying to do better. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I reached out to him, started an internship in 2019 in January, yeah, I believe. Okay. Yep. That I think uh, Sterling and Teresa had just left. Hey, it's yeah. right around the time we started the podcast. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I think yeah. I met you. I met you, Aaron, in 2018 at DOD, I think, right? Actually, I think it was. It, was it 17 or 18? Because I know I was at Eclipse of Disclosure, which you were at in 2017. Oh, you were there too? Okay, maybe you were there. And we we just either met there or we met the next year in, at mm -hmm. Dimensions of Disclosure in 2017. Oh. And then I met Aaron, I think, 2019 DOD? Yeah, and I met you in DOD 2019. Yep. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's funny. Awesome. Yeah, so I mean, we just, we've been working together for years off and on at different levels of closeness and um you know, it's hard to find people that have the same interests and have the same process for dealing with, you know, fringe information, right? Some people, they just want to like believe anything that comes across their Twitter feed. Other people are so skeptical, they can't even get in the game. And, you know, when we and me and Ryan started yeah. working together, I'm like, wow, we can actually play with these ideas in a way that doesn't create like dogma or, you know, irrational rejection. And mm -hmm. so, um, well, we've been working on stuff for years together. And then I don't even remember how it happened. Maybe you remember. But... Uh, I came to visit you guys in Georgia last year. 
And I mean, I've, I'm sure you guys have experienced this with some of your friends, but like, once you start to go through an awakening, there's like a little, puts a little strain, like a stress test on a lot of relationships. And, hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. When we, Tyler and I both went through that. That's Everybody. Sure. I think all of us did. I think all of us did. Every one of our listeners. Degrees. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all, I think it's just a universal thing that you all have to go through. But uh, for me personally, it affected you know, my relationship a bit and uh, my relationship with a lot of my friends uh love them all forever but um you know I've, I've started to feel alone in a group of friends and like luckily you know i got to go visit justin and everybody down here in georgia last year and it was we all hit it off so well you know that we were like hey man why don't you come down here and we can you know do more stuff and about half a year later it finally happened so yeah and then we were here and i think it was like two weeks after you got here we were like hey we should start covering the news together yeah and we did a, one of my mega streams for stillness. And I want to say it was like two or three, maybe into that or two or three weeks after that, we started Vigilant, right? Yeah, well, it was 11-11, mm. uh, right after Durham released his uh, last indictment. And when he was like, you got to jump on with me because I'm like, I'm the guy that's always in there, like reading every headline every morning. And I mean, right. he does that a lot, too, but his plate's pretty full by comparison. So it's like, yeah. You know, I'm just like reading the headlines, reading the articles all the time. So it's like a perfect combo. Like I can right. talk about the headlines and he can elaborate on them. And it's yeah, and, it's great. And people That's can amazing. find you on you have a YouTube channel. You're on Rumble um, primarily. Right. Yeah. Stillness in the Storm is the I mean, if you just go to stillnessinthestorm.com, go to our social. There's going to find all the social media we're actually still on anyway. And um, we've got Rumble. That's where we post all the vigilant news. But we also post across to Gab uh brighty on and bit shoot right now and then if we can we'll put it on youtube rumble right. is the big one though. yeah rumble's the big one for i'd sure. say rumble's our main hub but mm -hmm. we're trying we're working on a landing page and you know website but yeah. right well that's awesome man you guys are doing great work and you're covering yeah. uh you're, you're covering everything that's happening right now which is not easy to do because we're just getting fed lie after lie okay. uh did you see george did you see george soros come out today and he dubbed Xi Jinping the most dangerous man in the world. I uh, saw that. Yeah, really? yeah. He literally, it's a video. He comes out, he, you can barely understand what he's saying because he's just like, he's so old. And, yeah. but he's warning, he said that he's, uh, he's talking about the CCP and how they're trying to take control and how he's the most dangerous man in the world. Xi Jinping yeah. is. You know, and then this is right. This is what, that we have the Beijing Olympics coming up. Dangerous uh, to the cabal is what that means. Right. The, the well, exactly. Right. I mean, it, these guys <laughs> are so good at, at deflating your concerns by speaking to them. It's called pacing and hypnosis. You know, you want yeah. how do you want to trick somebody good? Well, you you screw up their life and then you but sympathetically, even if you're the orchestrator so that they are feel relief and they continue to buy into wherever you're guiding them. And that's, that kind of sounds like what Soros is doing. And also, yep. you know, the nations of the world, like we, we, we're pretty aware of a schism happening in a lot of government agencies and stuff like that, where it's like patriots, nationalists, whatever, versus like embedded deep state globalists. Yeah. And exactly. maybe there's also infighting among those cabal members. You know what I mean? So it could be mm -hmm. something like that. Precisely. Yeah. There's probably oh, yeah. right. That's a great point. The infighting amongst the cabal. I mean, you never know what we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Nothing is nothing is black and white. We don't know. Who wants out? Who's had a change of heart? Who's been blackmailed? Who's doing things mm -hmm. because they want to do it? Who's doing it against their, their own will? Whose family, you know, you never know what is going on. We can't just take everything at face value. The only thing I know for sure is there's a ton going on behind the scenes that is not apparent. 
that yeah. and and most of what we get on the surface level especially in the mainstream is is fake or the exact opposite of the truth <laughs> many right. times. that's kind of why we wanted to create a show that's like not afraid to talk about these speculative things without like you know putting our whole faith in them but because right. it's like we just have no idea but something's going on it's very apparent you know there's exactly. a lot going on yeah right well what do you guys that's one of the big things about vigilance we want to cover the news but it's not just cover the facts on what it says i offer our personal perspective always making sure it we say hey this is our opinion not you know part of the story but also put a positive spin on it because in my estimation every piece of information and every event everything that happens in reality is actually for a spiritual purpose and when you start to think and yeah. uh, think about that and ask those questions you can often find that continual thread of spiritual truth weaving through everything and uh, that can be very inspiring and help you deal with all the craziness in a lot of ways. So, yeah, well, exactly. Let, Nailed it. Yeah. Let's, let's elaborate on that a little bit, because I find that intriguing because there is a lesson in all this stuff. It's, it's a spiritual journey. It's a spiritual war. It all comes down to that. So you're saying that every every mainstream current event is part of that spiritual journey. Exactly. I mean, just, but more than that, literally every piece of information. So every experience everywhere, omniscopically, is all part of a spiritual purpose and experience. There's nothing outside of that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, you you flip on the TV and you see some stupid things shared on the view and you're like, oh, that's not spiritual. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no, there's that is actually playing a spiritual role. And that's what I would argue is kind of at the base of our reality is the creator so perfectly set up the universe back in eternity that literally nothing can happen that doesn't fall in alignment with what the creator wants. Now, does that mean that mm -hmm. there's no free will and everything's predetermined and we can really not change fate? Not at all. But it just means no. that the game is so perfect. So it's kind of like being in a maze where, yes, you can, you can go down one place and it might take you longer to get to the end, but eventually you're going to get to the end as long as you keep trying. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. that's beautiful. And it's important to remember for those who think that they're on the wrong path, because there's always something there for them to get them back on the right path. And it's always in your darkest moment when you find. Well, if yeah, if, if you think about it and, th and this is getting into a philosophical thing, there's no such thing as a bad experience. There's no such thing as a wrong experience. Right. Because think about it, anything that seemingly bad or painful or negative that happens, what does that do? Well, it causes you to grow. It causes you to expand in consciousness and grow and, and uh, take your power back. And that's a big thing on a collective scale right now is humanity is being shown exactly like a mirror where you've given your power away. You've given your power away to all these authorities and governments and institutions that clearly now it's obvious that they don't have your best interests at heart. And now we're all yeah. taking our power back. The, mm -hmm. the Canadian convoy, like truckers, look at that. It's like, yeah. uh -huh. that's well, if that's not an example of us taking our power back and and, and stepping into our sovereignty, I don't know what is yeah. on oh, a yeah. massive, massive scale. Well, it's, and that's it's just worldwide. And it's already expanding worldwide. Exactly. It's yeah, we're all truckers now, boys. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, there's no such thing as as a bad, I mean, there is on one level, but ultimately everything everything is for our own good and our own growth ultimately and if yeah. we can get to the place where we understand that and we really work with that then you're working with the universe and not against it you're not in resistant resistance mode That's all right. the time 
and uh, your life will just just expand and and right exactly exactly well said do that you know well said that was my little yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) no but speaking of these this convoy the truckers um this is you know strength in numbers this is what we what we want to see right now and i don't know if you guys um, how closely you guys have been paying attention to that i've been just loosely following it but i did think it was interesting how trudeau like all of a sudden gets COVID and has to yeah. go, go into hiding. <laughs> well, he didn't like, even get it. He didn't yeah. even, he tested negative for it, but he said, just to be safe, I'm going to quarantine. Yeah. He's, he's, he's <laughs> getting out of Dodge. Yeah. He doesn't, he knows he can't like, what did, what did uh, they say? They won't be able to walk down the street. What did Q say? You know, they won't yeah, be able yeah, to walk down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, then, might, he might've got in trouble with his superiors too. who decided to give him a checkup from the neck up, as they say. So, right. Yeah. Uh, and then they also mm-hmm. said the revolution won't be televised. Well, you know, how, how much right. of this is being covered positively on the news? You know, it's yeah. not, which it is. It won't be televised. It'll just be streamed on Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It'll be streamed on alternative media right. platforms. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's convenient timing that that happened when there's 50,000 plus truckers like taking over a whole city. Uh, we were watching uh, Salty Crackers live stream. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but. Like they were just shooting off fireworks, honking, and then they were looking at Reddit posts of people like, I can't believe this is an act of terrorism, you know, like, you know, left liberals in their houses. And it's like, if if it was New Year's Eve, they would have been fine with it. But because it was truckers protesting, trying to like fight for their freedom, not just their own freedom, but like, how is that a bad thing? Exactly. (laughs) Like, I'm very curious about that. Yeah. yeah, You come to that conclusion. It's the mental gymnastics, man. It's unbelievable. Right. And then you got, uh joe rogan who's kind of, um that's oh, yeah. it well, it's very interesting what's happening with him have you guys been following all that i'm sure oh, yeah. yeah yeah definitely it's what huge. are your what are your thoughts on him because he's becoming like he, he he's becoming one of the most famous famous i don't know if that's the right he's, word but he's, he's multiple times bigger than any mainstream news outlet yeah oh, it's huge yeah, yeah. You, exactly you remember the statistics yeah, it's, it's the to... highest rated news show is tucker carlson and joe rogan has more than three times the viewership right yeah right and exactly. <laughs> yeah and, had, that's and spotify's podcast think about that right yeah i remember that's i watched crazy. the joe rogan and jordan peterson i think it was one of the early ones too back in like 2017 2018 and uh, they were talking about Rogan's success. And I think it was around that time when he had like already been pretty big for about a year or so, but it was still like growing and he's bigger than he is bigger now than he was then. And they were saying something like, I think it was 10 billion or 20 billion downloads a year of his podcast. <laughs> downloads. Yeah. Right. So that's a massive amount. That's not including YouTube views either. That's well, and what's, yeah. what's good about yeah, him. That's, that's nuts. What's good about him is that he got what we would call the sleepers, normies, you know, all years ago, people following him for other reasons. He was a comedian, fear factor, all this stuff. He talks he about to the mainstream. That's yeah. He appeals to the, to the mainstream yeah. and then they follow him and they're, they're going on this journey with him. And, and so he's gained some credibility in his viewers eyes. And now that he is bringing this new information forward that contradicts the narrative Mm -hmm. it's massive it's massive because it's actually it's doing more than we could ever do just trying to start a youtube channel and like tell all of our friends and family you're being lied to it doesn't you know it's not really how it works but the fact that he's already embedded in that in society and now he's being a voice of reason and not everybody's going to agree with everything and sure he doesn't 
maybe not he might not see the big picture as as much as we do maybe he does but he can't talk about it it's still yeah. huge for the collective i think yeah Definitely. we need to see more of it <laughs> i don't know if you caught our show last night but we remember the cnn talking heads like oh yeah like classic you know shaming of joe rogan's you know viewership about how they're lesser than and how the cnn people are more enlightened <laughs> save them from this like negative behavior yeah, yeah literally that's what they said though one of the pundits or the commentators was like well you know we here we've been curating this information and you know it's not really good for people to see these things and we have a more enlightened perspective so they're basically saying that they know the truth and you don't, and you're an idiot if you listen to Joe Rogan. You're stupid if you listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. And it's dangerous, and it's dangerous if you listen oh, to Joe Oh, yeah, Rogan. that's that's a favorite yeah. go-to of, of the media. Same dangerous with information. Same with uh same with Project Veritas. Same oh, yeah. they're, they're doing yeah. the same to people who listen and are follow Project Veritas. And you know, they're discovering they're they're unfolding it's an entirely Right, but he's exposing an entirely different he's, narrative on he's COVID. Literally, the power yeah. of yeah, the power of him is that it's literally people's own words. He's capturing, you know, the <laughs> yeah. camera. like it's them saying it, and it's like it's reality being shown to you in your face. And that, I love how they try to spin that as he's spreading danger. It's like it's literally <laughs> these people's own words. They're exposing yeah. themselves. Right. Imagine the adrenaline rush of that job. It's like, oh, man. how do you? <laughs> oh my god! Right. Well, he he seems to be doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's on top of the oh, world. Yeah, yeah. Right. he was born for this. You can see it. Like he has no qualms about doing it, looking at his body language and everything. And I think, if I remember correctly, here's a little factoid: if your audience might not be aware of, although you probably are, um, there were during a trial involving facebook's fact checkers they were forced to admit that their fact checkers aren't actually checking facts they're just uh checking it against their opinion so yeah, yeah let, let's go. talk about the fact checkers i know you guys that's one thing you guys cover what have you what have you revealed about them because we know oh, man yeah the uh pointer institute they started a thing called the international fact checking network and that's when the fact checkers that we know today first started popping up uh, you can go to the Pointer Institute's website and see their major funders. And it's like a, a who's who of institutions you should not trust. <laughs> so you got like yeah. Facebook, the Koch brothers, uh, all these foundations that have been caught, you know, money racket kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, those are the people who are the arbiters of truth today. It's it's very interesting. That's right. Yeah, we did a I think it was a 20 minute or maybe 30 minute investigative journalism piece about the facts, Facebook factor checkers. You can find it on our Rumble. And uh, Ryan actually worked heavily on that. So yeah, yeah it was script. really good. So right. That. I have a friend who's a fact yeah. checker and she said they have meetings where they're given, I guess they're given headlines, um, news talking points, and they're, they have to sign off on, they have to all collectively agree. So she's like, Oh, look at this, what they're trying to get me to sign off on as the narrative. Like wow. they're, so they, they're in a, they're in a room before they start fact checking and they're they're given a list of things that are facts and what's not, and they I guess they collectively agree somehow. They don't really have they don't really get to agree, but they have to sign off like yeah, I agree that this isn't true or this is true, and and sometimes wow. you know she and she knows that it's totally bullshit, but what she has <laughs> to sign off on. But these people, some people just see it as a job, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. so so they just they just scroll, yeah. they're just you know scrolling through the internet for this certain headline. And they just and they have their argument ready, 
you know, and then they just debunk it on the spot. It's all, it's all preordained. It's not really fact checking. And when you look at yeah. who owns these fact checkers, it's yeah. <laughs> the people, what they're, they're fact checking is all the stuff exposing the exactly. own the fact checkers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, it's not hard to put, you know, two and two together here. And when you just look into this stuff and I think uh, Nikki Willis exposed that in a uh, pandemic, he's like, you know, a good example of that is Bill Gates owns many of these fact checkers that, right. that are exposing Bill Gates and, and uh, Microsoft and, and then, uh, deep state connections there will get fact checked by the fact checkers owned by bill gates yeah that's right or <laughs> pfizer right it's it's so, it's like so the... what it is is it's it's literally just further propaganda to psychologically manipulate people into thinking something's false because they want you to think that's that. right that's basically all it is. basically the fact checkers get their own 4 a.m talking points you know yeah, it's yeah. Just, that's how it works it's just like the media it's right. the mainstream media and the powers just they knew they knew from the start that the internet and especially social media was a big threat to the narrative because freely spreading of information is not something that works for them, you know, and for the narrative. So they're like, all right, censorship and fact checkers go, you know. Mm -hmm. That's so that, right. That's literally all it is. Right. But then um, Ryan, was it you that posted something about how censorship is like throttling people into invisibility, like uh, the algorithms, yeah. the algorithms. Yeah. So it's not even so much the censorship, but the algorithms right now um, can almost make you invisible on the Internet. And we're we're experiencing yeah, we're experiencing yeah. that a lot. Uh, it's, yeah. un it's unfortunate. But yeah. if our name is tied or if it's linked or shared from our page, we might as well just stay home. It's not mm -hmm. going and it's not getting anywhere. And it's these algorithms yeah. are killing us and and many other people. And it's it's becoming an actual a problem, you know. Yeah, I created a new Facebook sometime around like Halloween, I want to say, when I first moved here. And for the first three months of being here, my reach was just incredible. And then about a week or two ago, I got flagged for something regarding uh, a story that Gateway Pundit ran that ended up getting retracted. But then they, they use that opportunity to jump on me for all these other things that, that we had mentioned, like posting our shows and stuff mm -hmm. like that, where mm -hmm. we mentioned COVID. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there's a thing on my, my, maybe this is happening to you guys too, where it's like, only you can see this, but your account is restricted. And, you know, the engagement and the views per post will go from several hundred down to like six or seven. Right. Yeah. It's like, right. what? Right. Yeah, and it's like your dad and your sister, like people that are like, yeah. not trying to reach <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, Facebook. Yeah. Like, so we, well, we had our Facebook deleted once already. We had yeah. like over 5,000 likes and gone. And, but back then, and yeah, we would share something and it would, it would be seen by hundreds of people. It would get a ton of reactions. Now mm -hmm. we share something and it gets seen by like, 10 15 people i think maybe <laughs> maybe maybe if that and then a two three reactions at most and that's it right. and it's yeah. like heavily shot we're heavily and then uh yeah twitter we got deleted we can't get back on we got deleted off instagram we were able to get back on there but instagram when you try to tag us on there it won't let you i think right? yeah it's all it's then all a joke it and it says like this page is not allowed yeah 
to be right. Uh, yeah, stillness can't even be shared in messages on Facebook. Yeah, totally yeah. banned. You cannot share anything stillness related on Facebook. Really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's um, let's shift this up a little bit. I know you guys talk about uh, the false memory foundation or syndrome, and you guys that's like a little side project you're working on, and uh, it's extremely important for people to be aware of. For those who don't, for those who aren't aware of it. Uh, so would you guys mind um, kind of explain what that is to people and what you guys, what your goal is with trying to uncover that? Sure, Ryan, why don't you start it off? Well, we're in a unique position to uh, shed some light on this. It's kind of like a scoop that we have exclusive access yeah. to. Uh, the False Memory Syndrome Foundation was started sometime in the 80s as a way to protect parents who were presumably being accused of things that they never did by their children such as like child sexual abuse, mostly, pretty much specifically that, um, that certain influential and wealthy people found a, a, uh, that that could be useful to them and funded them and they became a huge thing. Uh, I think their main, their main like go-to person, Elizabeth Loftus was called to the stand in um, Ted Bundy, uh, Bill Cosby, Michael Jackson, Robert Durst, most recently Ghislaine Maxwell's trial she showed up at, basically saying that these nine accusers all suffered from false memories and that nothing ever happened and Ghislaine Maxwell is innocent. Right. Which <laughs> I think we can all say is pretty absurd. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it just so happens that one of these, one of the, well, a writer for Stillness, also just a very accomplished psychologist, psychotherapist, and her husband, um, happened to be the biggest critics in the medical field, even at the CDC, against this false memory syndrome foundation. And uh, they, they've had many court battles. They represent, so should we just go into the story, you think? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so yeah, please do. They're, 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 they're a couple, the Whitfields, and they, uh, they had a practice and they were administering psychotherapy to a gal who had repressed memories of child abuse. Um, she remembered that her father had abused her and their whole approach is that you can't just be prescribed medications for things. You got to confront these things. And to this woman, it meant that she wanted to confront her father about the things she remembered when she did that, instead of like giving their daughter the opportunity to heal and face it, or like maybe even have a conversation like about it. Mm -hmm. uh, they instead attacked her credibility, got her fired from her job at a university, and just tried to sue her pants off, basically. Mm -hmm. Tried to ruin um, her life, basically. Yeah. And those, yeah. those parents are the ones who founded the False Memory Syndrome Foundation because of this. That's right. Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. wow. So, yeah. What, so do you guys, a... what are you guys digging up on that now? Well, there's, honestly, it's a massive story. There's... This story is so, uh, it touches so many different things in many different ways that, you know, we could easily devote the rest of our lives to this thing. But um, really? right now we're, we're currently going through all the specifics of the material. You know, my end of it is I'm more thinking about the, like the mechanics of the psychology, like, is it even possible to have false memories? If it isn't, then what's going on, you know, things like this. And what we've been able to determine, and this has partially been admitted by Elizabeth Loftus, who headed the foundation for many years, that they haven't been able to successfully plant a memory of the severity of child's abuse ever. The most they've been able to in their laboratory conditions is get somebody to remember like little detail, details differently, like a stop sign instead of a yield sign, things like this. 
So there is essentially, you know, when it comes to the science of it and trying to prove if this is even a real thing, you have to you have to work from a certain perspective. What they've done is they've taken children's experiences and because they recover memories and this idea that you can't recover memories, a widely popular thing, especially at the satanic panic. They just want to blanket label anything related to recovered memory is highly suspicious and put it in the false memory category, but they have not been able to do it. So just think about this for a second. The argument that they're making is that a child can get abused or I'm sorry, a child can go through an experience and then in their own mind through some process that they're not exactly sure how it works, create a false memory of abuse. And that false memory of abuse will have all of the symptomology associated with an actual abuse experience. Mm. And yet they haven't been able to actually create that in a laboratory setting, which means that they're, they're arguing that a, a, a therapist who's just doing, going about their regular therapy can accidentally manufacture false memories. And this has been a major problem. So, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a bogus premise to even think about. It's tantamount to yeah. saying that you can go into your garage throw a hand grenade in your garage and completely materialize a car all by accident and do that repeatedly across time, but they can't reproduce that in a laboratory setting. So it's, yeah, it's clearly just a BS cover. That's right. Exactly. But enough wealthy people saw value in it that they got a lot of funding and they were used like throughout the years for a lot of kind of cabal related issues. Most recently, Ghislaine Maxwell, and she's also going to show up in Prince Andrew's trial in september so perfect time for for all this to be coming out exactly it's like they're getting ahead of the game (laughs) yeah it's like it's like the the deep fake technology um they Mm -hmm. they put those videos out way early so then um you know stories about it it gives them a free pass to use that technology or blame things on that technology when they when the videos start coming out they go look we told you about this this is right oh no that's not hillary that's deep fake technology that's exactly right Right. Um, they're trying to get they're trying to get ahead of the game but every you know what we're seeing right now is they're just shooting themselves in the foot every step of the way it's not none of it's going to work yeah it really hasn't worked it didn't work for glenn maxwell (laughs) that's right like oh somehow these nine accusers all got false memories implanted into them it's bs Mm -hmm. like what are the chances (laughs) right yeah Yeah, but i mean exactly they're you know these people are so evil i guess you could say and they're so used to getting away with their with everything they've been doing for eternity uh they're not mm-hmm. they don't know how to operate when they, there's that's, counter moves. it's almost like that's all they know yeah yeah, yeah. that's so all they know that's the only way they know how to live and operate it's, it's almost like they're they're really smart because they set up this system to manipulate us and deceive us all and it's almost brilliant and it's well thought out and it's very strategic but at the same time it's like they don't have the motor skills to figure out they don't have the logical thinking to like act on the spot like they quick think quick because mm-hmm. they don't know what to do when they're having um they don't have creativity yeah exactly, exactly. they don't, they don't That's it. what we have yeah, they, they have that's to why they have to make all these plans and, and they just stick with the with the plans and the script. But once they're forced to get off script, that's why you see like they, they, don't, they don't know what to do. Yeah, they're they and then everything do. they're doing yeah. is very it's it's stupid. You know, they're not used to pushback, <laughs> you know. Uh yeah. and it's it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you do that? You're they're totally not used to it at all. You're yeah. totally exposing themselves. Well, they're so used to just operating in secrecy in secrecy that 
uh, <laughs> with very little to no pushback, like well, you said, for so yeah. long, that's all they've known. And now they're being, they're having all this opposition for the first time ever. And like you said, they're scrambling because they've never had to deal with that. They don't, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Just imagine so that what it, yeah. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in like a back room somewhere where the cabal is <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah. Know. It reminds yeah, me of that uh, video yeah. from what's the movie uh, downfall, the German movie about Hitler and how Hitler is like the last days of Hitler. And it's a clip you've probably seen all over the place because people take it and it's Hitler like in this room in his bunker with all these generals and oh, they're yeah, all yeah. like freaking out like, oh, Hitler's pissed off. And he's like, and they overdub it or they they replace yeah. the subtitles with something else. Like, wait, you put yeah. Pelosi <laughs> up against Trump? What were you thinking? And he's <laughs> like freaking out. Oh, it's right. hilarious, yeah. Oh, that's stuff. amazing. I so you see think that. Hillary's going to run? Again, maybe uh, I, think, I hope so yeah. because she'll never <laughs> yeah, win. Exactly. No amount of like cheating is ever going to get Hillary Clinton involved. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're definitely positioning for Hillary to get in there, but you know, it, it is is. Uh, I hope they're delusional enough to try that because that will be a disaster for them. Right. Yeah. But as you know, as horrific <laughs> as the idea of Hillary being the White House is, it's if they tried to do it. it expose the fraud in a massive way and it's exactly what happened in 2020 because in 2020 a lot of people who weren't necessarily hip to any of this had their eyes opened mm -hmm. and had that dark night of soul moment and they're like wait a minute what's going on here so exactly that's good exactly you nailed it right like norm mcdonald said the only the only person people hated more than donald trump is hillary clinton (laughs) (laughs) right exactly right yeah she'll never i don't think no, it's not. Just it's curious. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, the more and more we're getting into this, these surface level politics are like, or, or they are the illusion. Like that's not what's happening for real at all, in my opinion. There's something no. way bigger going on behind the scenes that I think we're getting glimpses of it, but we're never really going to know the full it's, picture. It's and a all, part of it. It's, it's but it's the surface level part of it. So the, right, but you, they you go, the more the real. But stuff. what I'm trying to say is like it's, really it's almost like it's all stage. It's like they're fabricated issues that they yeah. have on a, on a white whiteboard somewhere, and they're just oh, like yeah. waiting. There they have a date that each one like oh we're gonna go to this state for the uh, an audit. Then next month we're gonna be here for the audit, and then we're gonna have a Trump. It's like all this stuff. It's like oh, yeah. it's wow. like you just lose interest in it, and like come on already like this is the biggest we know it's fake it's like why are you continuing with the show it's very it's it's frustrating well the here's the thing that in the election fraud it's already been exposed and if that was a sting operation it's like okay well you've already got everything you need clearly from this past election so in my mind it's like if there is going to be another election they're not going to do that again. They wouldn't make any sense to just do that again, like have a deep state person win and all the fraud gets exposed again. And it's obvious because that's what would have to happen for them. Well, I think I think at this point, it's like, so it's like they, they're trying to get the people to do stuff instead of like someone's yeah. going to swoop in and save the day. It's like time for just us to save the day. And that's kind of what it seems like is happening. Like, yeah, that's why. I started to get back into what's happening on the surface level politics, just because it seems like that's where a lot of the catalysts is like the highest catalyst is because that's where a lot of people who are unaware are at. So you got to meet them there and then kind of like, be like, okay, like lead them through all that stuff. And then it becomes so obvious that it's just a show. It's like professional wrestling. And Mm -hmm. then they really like when you're a kid, when you thought wrestling was real and then you're like, Oh my God, it's fake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. 
Well, that's a great I point. That's a great point about meeting people there in because we don't think about that sometimes, but that you're right. That is where we're going to find these people. And from there, they're going to, I mean, obviously it's all being exposed anyway, but they're going to start seeing it. Uh, it's a great point. Yeah. And, and as you were yeah. mentioning, like how everything is kind of set up, like they pick dates for stuff and it's all kind of like planned. Look at like how this Russia saber rattling is happening now mm-hmm. that, you know, the 18 to two year marker for most pandemics is running out. It's it just like right on time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right on time. I think that's a coincidence. No. Right. So what are you guys, what are you guys seeing about seeing? What are you guys seeing with what's going on over there? With Russia and Ukraine? Yeah. Uh, it seems like the cabal is trying to go Russia into a war because, you know, the war economy mm-hmm. optics, you need to take the focus off of Biden and Fauci and all of the stuff that's, you know, just a train wreck here. Uh, it doesn't make sense that Russia would want to start a world war. They have the same GDP as the state of Florida. They can't afford to go into a, a world war. And we know that the, the cabal hates Putin for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it yeah. seems like he kicked them out a while ago. Whether or not he's good, part of the KGB, it's all like, who knows? I don't know. But I do know that they don't like him. I and mean, that's pretty evident from like the last forever, all the anti-Russia propaganda that they've been throwing around at people Very like obvious. us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's curious and, to me. It, well, go ahead. Did I, were you? Did I, I was going to say, uh, uh, in Ukraine, their guy, the main cabal puppet there, Proshenko, was just indicted. So it's like just they're doing the saber rattling, but it doesn't seem like, in my heart of hearts, I don't feel like a world war is about to break out. Right. Same. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. in a way, it, it's actually already happening. It's just like covertly being fought right now yeah right true. right right, right. Um, exactly and it's not like world war ii world war one but like a, a silent almost like world war something like it, that it doesn't with the infrastructure they have set up it doesn't make sense for either side to start bombing each other it, no, it, yeah. it doesn't make any sense at all and we're so far past that and the technology the advanced weaponry we have you wouldn't need an atomic bomb or missiles or anything like that they have direct right. energy weapons and I mean, literally yeah. everything you can think of and things you can't even think of. They don't need Te- Tesla Tesla's what well, he called it a peace ray, but it got dubbed the death ray. Right. Uh, that yeah. said, like <laughs> literally if every nation on the world had this, there would be world peace because no one would dare attack anyone else because you could just annihilate their entire army. Um, instantly basically and but here's the thing we know they have tesla's tech when you know they took all his stuff when he died and so we know they have all this crazy tech that like they can they can do all this stuff um it's like what's really going on and why why bomb somebody when you can just jab them and mind control them exactly i think the real war is psychological more yeah. than anything else the That's real weapon of mass destruction is the world economic forum and the fortune 500 yeah. because you don't even need weapons because you just control everybody mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. exactly but how do you but how what's the best way to control everyone psychologically get them yeah. to That's people it. People, the- people only obey laws and rules and mandates when mm-hmm. they think it's a good thing and they think they have to what happens when people wake up and they realize oh wait we have the power and this is taking away our freedom and like the, the truckers right now and all this stuff. It's like people are waking up realizing we have the power. Fuck you if you, you, you tell us <laughs> we have to do something that's that's against our own good, clearly. 
Right. For, it's right. clearly for an agenda. And like, that's when you just stop complying. That's all. That's literally that simple. But to do that, you have to understand all, you have to wake up. And right. That's, that's the great awakening that's happening. It's like, people are waking up realizing like, wait a second. Wow, you can feel the shift. Mm-hmm. You can feel it totally. And it's, it's amazing. It's, it's right. really, really exciting. And, and I know, Justin, I know that's one of the things you got, you like to talk about is the psychology of all that stuff of the, the media and the narrative and all that stuff and, and how that actually plays into our everyday lives. And uh, I, I just like to hear you break it down from your perspective on how that a- a operation actually works, because it's, uh, it's something sure. that we need to expose the most right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um well, first point is that the end game isn't not necessarily what people think. A lot of times we hear like depopulation or, you know, invasion or total control. And that's sort of it. But what we touched on already is a huge, huge point. And we don't have to go too far off of Earth to get, the, you know, the answer to this, which is that the more authoritarian and totalitarian a society is, the more it cripples creativity and innovation. And the cabal realized at some point in time in history, it seems like it was around the 15th or 16th century that they needed to shift away from a totalitarian authoritarian, like an overt slavery model or control system, where you literally had people like being whipped and they didn't own anything and they lived really awful lives on feudal lordships and things like this to a a fate, a false freedom model, basically, where people actually believed that they were free. And as soon as they believed that they were free and they had some degree of control over their own lives, then they could be more creative. And that was really, really important for them because the one of the price that you pay for being a dictator and a totalitarian person or a psychopath or a narcissist, you know, if we want to think about it in more of like a boots on the ground human level is it, you cost yourself your, your creativity. The more totalitarian you are, you cost your creativity. So what they actually have to do is they have to create a parasitic relationship with the herd, with the people, where they siphon away their creativity or their, you know, biophotonic energy, you know, loose energy, vampires, things like this. So what they have to do is they have to create a false slavery system. And in order to do that, you got to create a false reality. So part of that involves, and we've seen this developed, um, really since the at the beginning of the 20th centuries when this really seemed to launch in a major scale but before then they were working on it too it's the destruction of education and philosophy so interestingly enough if you don't have the ability to think critically then you can't decode information properly to actually get truth so what they need to do and uh, is create a situation where the population is dependent on authorities what i call conceptual authorities or conceptual totalitarianism. So in other words, why do you believe what you believe? Most people don't have a personal answer why. They believe what they believe because somebody that they thought was in a position of authority told them what to believe. And that's the mainstream media. And once somebody believes what an authority tells them to believe, then their cycle, social psychology in the midbrain kicks in. So we are herd animals. So, you know, because we're social or herd animals, you always want to go along with the herd because your own body, your brain is going to make you feel safe, secure, and able to actually live a free life when you're part of a herd. As soon as you start to step out of that herd, your anxiety levels go up. You get all sorts of neurotic things happening, and it makes it very difficult for you to live a happy life. 
So they steal people's ability to think for themselves away from them. And then they put them in a situation where if you want to fit in with the crowd, you have to believe the mainstream narrative. And now it becomes a battle of truth. If you want to actually awaken your own mind, seek the truth, you're going to be stepping outside of the comfort of the herd. And as everybody knows who's listening to this right now, that can be really intense for people. And a lot of people just fundamentally you know, like, you know what, I just can't do that. I can't think for myself because God forbid somebody tells me that the mask I've been wearing for two years might not be as protective as I think my whole reality falls apart, yeah. you know? So exactly. these guys are masters at manipulating psychology at a level that is, to be honest, we should be respectful of their accomplishments because I've learned so much about psychology, <laughs> just studying the system than I ever would have learned if I went to school for psychology. So it's very right. Totally exactly. mocking Yeah. Well, it's like exactly. it goes back to they know us better than we know ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how, you, you know, you say when you leave that herd, you start to panic almost like you don't know what to do be because we're not taught how to be sovereign and live on our own. It's like the Most cell phones with the it's like the cell phones yeah. with a proximity sensor. Like there's um, I've heard somebody explain that proximity sensor on a cell phone. It's like when you're but when you get so far away from that, you start to panic when you're mm -hmm. away from your cell phone. Uh, it's the same way with the herd. And if mm -hmm. you don't know, if you don't have places like this to go or, or people to fall back on to help you through it, it gets scary. That's right. Exactly. I mean, that's what they want. I mean, your, your beliefs help you control your reality. So if you don't have an ability to manage your own beliefs, sort fact from fiction, you know, all these things that we've been talking about, then you become very dependent on authorities. And this is what the cabal knows how to do with great skill. I mean, you take somebody who's dependent on what they hear from an authority like the mainstream media, and you put them in a position of authority where they have to now in a mall tell people to put their mask on a certain way, that person is going to feel so safe and secure in their house slave position. And they're never going to question it because they're in a position of authority. You know what I mean? So it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. The authority, the guys, wasn't there a study done that uh, people tend to listen to a person wearing a white lab coat over <laughs> over somebody wearing like regular street clothes. Like it they've automatically done, makes you it's like say the, programmed. They'll say the exact same thing, some random person. But then exactly what you said, somebody with a white, not even like, hey, I'm a doctor and these are my credentials or whatever. It's like they're literally just wearing what looks like, oh, they look like a doctor. And they say the exact word for word, same thing. And people will will believe that person and the other right. person will just be like, oh, whatever, you know. Right. It, it, Dr. Malone and Peter McCullough should have wore lab coats on their interviews. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Well, it, it goes back to the whole thing, why you need a military veteran to tell you that a UFO sighting is credible over a, 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 just a citizen or a civilian. Or an experiencer that's that's actually had right like oh he has he has badges on his uniform and he served in the army he um he must be credible he must you know he he knows what he's talking about yeah he's and then a perceived authority it, right exactly yeah like what's the limited hangout uh ufo panel that every uh is it mufon or he said uh, there's MUFON? a bunch of them, I think, yeah is it I mufon think, i mean mufon's basically limited hangout. right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. right what about uh, oh yeah and then there's a <laughs> top tom delong's <laughs> yeah oh, all right to the to yeah. the stars academy <laughs> mm -hmm. what do you guys do you guys follow any of the ufology um news or do you do you guys cover any of that stuff ever uh 
Not not as much in the last couple of years, just because, you know, it started to get like there was that golden age, you know, with cosmic disclosure and everything when it's like everyone seemed like they were coming together in this beautiful way. And then, you know, it became very just inundated with like smears, attacks, division, essentially, and distraction, a lot of distraction and a lot of like, you know, traps, essentially, just like, you know, all these Fed traps that keep happening in the Internet and at events like what was what were those guys were reporting on recently? Uh, Patriot Front, Patriot Front folks. There seems to be a lot of that kind of stuff in the ufology community. So I love it all and I still eat it up. But uh, I feel like to get to the point where we are going to start to hear about these things, we got to get through the, uh, it's like putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. We got to get through the lower level stuff and beat, build through that. And then they can maybe possibly create a timeline where they can bring the stuff forward. It's like, that's what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do. Well, it's interesting. I agree with you 100% actually. And I think that, uh, it, we're in a position now where we see both sides of all this stuff. We see the infighting, the division, uh, the fake narratives, you know, people being used, just all of the above, um, everything you just mentioned. And we, we find ourselves in the middle of it. And it allows us to use our platform as like a voice of reason now. And yeah. like, that's why we, we want to like cover like discernment and how to properly research and, and how to, you know, question these people without just blindly believing them and all, all of the above. But mm-hmm. the main reason I ask is because it's becoming, it's becoming a mainstream news topic now. It's yeah. being covered. Yeah. It's being covered in the media. On Tucker Carlson has a whole UFO hour or whatever. You know, yeah. this stuff is becoming common talk now. And I just, it, we're, it's only a matter of time before a lot more people are covering it. And That's I know right. we're getting the whole like the truth wrapped in a lie thing with their narrative. But it is helping people who are totally asleep to it. But it's helping one of the biggest one of the Mm -hmm. biggest problems for so long is the laugh factor of the of UFOs in general or ETs in general. It's like people you try to you know thirty years ago you try to talk to people. Not that you know I was like four years old three years ago, but (laughs) in general is what I'm trying to say. People you try. Aaron woke up red pilling people. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you try to talk to people about this stuff and and no one hardly anyone would take you seriously or they would laugh or they think you're just a crazy person well now right. you have the mainstream talking about the fact that ufos are real like we're observing these things we're tracking these things where we even if they, they're pushing the threat narrative which they are and they're trying to steer it as oh it's a threat so we need more money so we can build all this you know defense right. stuff but they're they're what they're also doing and shooting themselves in the foot by doing that is admitting this is a very real thing that the government governments are taking seriously and the your perceived authorities are taking seriously so now people like us can actually talk to so many more people about ufos and ets and and our own experiences and they will they will actually listen and they'll, and they'll be like oh but like tell me more you know they actually you know will take it seriously and hopefully go on their own journey for truth and and do their own research and be like let me let me figure out what this is all about i think there's something you know there's something going on with this yeah and uh people are more you guys are basically than ever before you guys are Sorry, providing an essential service for sure and in, in, in a community that desperately needs it right yeah it's really important yeah. i mean thank you it's, i think there's there's some 
benefit to be gained from considering these ideas, especially in ufology, because there's you're dealing with cosmic ideas. Like, what is your relationship to reality? What is your relationship to, you know, other worlds, the creator, like, you know, all these different things that often get belittled in the modern age, especially in the materialistic world that they're trying to push us into. Um, so it's really good to consider. Yeah. However, they have also weaponized it in a lot of ways. Yep. And yeah. The reason why I say that, and this is part of the reason why, we, you know, I made a personal decision and Ryan's, you know, kind of sim- uh, synchronistically also made that decision. Is I made the decision to stop covering so much of the ufology because, in my opinion, it was acting as a, a cul-de-sac for the gold mine, as Mark Passier likes to say. It's yeah. like it's an awesome thing to study, but it can be so enrapturing that it can actually distract you from other things that might be more important. You know, and, you know, the way the system works, like here's another little tidbit about psychology. They don't have to get you to totally believe in the narrative. All they have to get you to do is to struggle enough so that you spend most of your time doing other things than focusing on what would it take to defeat the cabal. And that means unity. You know, it also destabilizes uh, countries and nations in a longer term perspective, because as strange as it sounds, if it wasn't for religions, we wouldn't have societies as we know it today. So if you can get a, a people to break down their connection to the fundamental place where they get their values and their ideals, then you're going to destabilize the society at a seriously deep level. And that yeah. will allow it to be able to be more controlled. So, you know, with, it's all great things to consider. But at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, how much time and energy do you spend on it? And if it's everything you got and you're not necessarily making your life better or making alliances with other people so you can work together, then maybe you should just pull back a little bit and get a little bit more, you know, your feet on the ground. Yeah. Like and, and are you making it into another belief system? And that's what I see a lot in, in the UFO community is that people right. form their own little belief system or they have their their leader that they follow. And everything they say is gospel and truth automatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the end of story. And then and, and then someone comes along saying something that goes against what they're saying. And then suddenly, or you have this person, their leader attacking someone else or, or yeah, information. That's the stuff and that's suddenly you have the mob of people that are following that person, all attacking that person or that information. <laughs> and it becomes this like war of, you know, the yeah. different tribes. It's very tribalistic. And that's a, that's a huge trap. It's like, how many of those people are bots or like, you know, glowing ones and fed boys and et cetera. (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. And then, and then everyone gets way off track and off focus, getting caught up in who's right and who's wrong. And what, you know, when both people about that's not what it's about. It's like, everyone needs to go on your own individual. Well, the the funny thing that the funny thing about it is you have two self-appointed leaders. (laughs) Let's just say like that. And they're both, you know, they both have their narrative and they're both pointing fingers at each other. And, and they're both saying, oh, there's, you know, there's going to be division when they're the ones causing division. <laughs> yeah, this person's yeah. compromised, whatever. But when you really step back and look at what each one of them are saying, it's so absolutely ridiculous out there to what the mass collective is actually ready to hear that anybody in the street that heard either one of their stories is going to think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like people don't exactly. believe in this stuff anyway. Like, what are you getting so worked up for? That's like, a great and, point. and we're not even, we're not even to that point yet. Like we're still trying to get people to believe that UFOs are real. Like, like yeah. just chill out. And it doesn't matter. It's all, it's just, it, tur- it, it turns, in, to, it turns into, it turns into story. Tell their own 
put out their own information, let them say what they want to say, whether you agree with it or not, or you think someone's probably a deep state agent or compromised in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The most useful life hack I've ever discovered was to have a four consideration pile and just Mm. mostly rely on that and blind faith, just leave that to God. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. Like, Mm. for example, I think, I personally think Alex Jones is a controlled opposition. Oh yeah. But yeah, I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and I don't, I like a lot of the stuff he says is very true and he puts out oh, yeah. a lot of great information and he's doing a lot of good by, he was a part of my initial awakening and helping me wake up to a lot of stuff, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make him into a cult leader or, a, or my, you know, everything he says is gospel and I'm every, you know, I'm only going to follow right. Alex right. Jones, which is what a lot of people unfortunately do. But if you cannot do that, you can listen to anyone and they could be a deep state agent. They could be a controlled opposition or they could be compromised in some way. But if they're putting out a lot of info or even the info that's not necessarily true, if it's if it's uh, at least info that is waking people up, if it's doing good in some way, then it's yeah. ultimately a good thing. And that's up well, to the people this, themselves. And this goes doing. back, this goes back to Justin's viewpoint on everything is part of the spiritual journey because exactly even when you're following somebody who might be a disinfo agent or shill or whatever, and then you realize that you've been duped, there's a major lesson in that for you. There's a major yeah. lesson in that. Yep. And it's, a, and it's, mm-hmm. it's super healing. I mean, I, it, it can eventually be healing, but it's going to lead to a lot of growth. And, yeah. un, you know, unfortunately it sucks, but now you're not going to let that happen again. You're like, okay, here comes this new person with all this new great information. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get so emotionally attached this time, hear what they have to say. And you can start like having a more balanced approach on how you consume information. And like you said earlier, don't like, don't get, don't consume so much to where it just takes you off your path and you forget what you're even doing here because Mm -hmm. it's all designed or trigger events. There's narratives. They're designed to get you sucked in just like the 40 hour work week. That's designed to consume your mind. So you don't think about anything else, but work and then a beer on the weekend, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the same exact energy. Yeah. Yeah, You're giving all your energy away. It's consuming you. And like people want these external sources of information when they can just go inward, go on their own path, their own journey and connect themselves and get everything they need to thrive. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand, people need to understand too, it's not about believing or disbelieving. And this is, goes back to what you were saying earlier, Justin. Uh, you, don't dis, you don't believe or disbelieve anything outright that you hear. That's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. No matter how credible or whatever you, you view the source or the person that's saying it, you don't know if something they say is true or not because you're, you, you're not them and you don't have the experiences that they have. You're just hearing it from them and it could be true or it might not be true or it might be partially true. Right. But what you do is you put it on a shelf. You say, okay, this is what they're saying. This is this information. Great. And then you just do that with everything. And then over time, what happens is you, you form this kind of big picture. And when there's one, when there's one greater body of truth, what happens is it will pop up over and over again through different sources and different people. And you'll start to see that. And then you can say, okay, this is most likely most likely. And even then you don't know hundred percent. Cause right. I don't think you can ever. 100% yeah. There's a lot of, exactly. there's a <laughs> lot of, there's a lot of indicators that tell you that this is a possibility but, or, but or even a say, probability. Okay, this, yeah. This seems like the most probable. Yeah. Probably. Probable, yeah. You nailed it. Uh, truth. 
Yeah, that's the language you want to use. I mean, probability and possibility. Like it, the bottom line is we don't know if we're heads just swimming in jars right now. Like, how do we know? You know, like, how do you really know? You know, and the bottom line is you don't know. But that doesn't mean that there's no truth at all. That's what the postmodernists believed up because we can't prove everything unequivocally that that itself is proof that there is no objective truth. And I would argue that's not true at all. You know, but you got to get comfortable with possibilities. And when you do that, that's kind of an initiation. Like, let's face it, nobody likes to go from this really safe and secure. Everything in my world has been proven because my parents told me when you're a kid world to the adult world of, oh, my God, like, I don't know if I can trust anything. So I have to get really good at settling, uh, managing possibility and probability. But, man, when you do that, when you finally get that, that muscle working well, it's liberating. It really is. And you become your own expert in a lot of ways. It's right. all in the game. It's all part of the journey yeah. of truth. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's exactly. a wrap, everybody. Right. <laughs> all right. Hey. Um, no, it's it's very true. It's very true. We talk about this a lot more and more lately. You know, we come in mm-hmm. when we all got into this when we were young, we were a little naive. And it's exciting. You know, there's all this stuff out there that we had just been blind to our entire lives. And it's easy to fall for stuff. And and to get baited into things when you just don't know any better. But that's all part of the journey. This exactly. is what disclosure looks like. This is what the awakening looks like. It's not going to be this picture perfect thing that we've all been imagined. It's a messy. The government's going to come out and tell us the sloppy truth. Mess. And that's, yeah. that's the full truth. And then we're done. Disclosure yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. like, it was only that easy. No. <laughs> if, yeah, exactly. If it were only that easy. Because the problem is, is they probably don't even know. No, you know, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you want to understand how compartmentalized, right? Everything yeah. is like, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, the global doubt. government does not. What's that, Ryan? Does not know say, most of. I have no doubt that there are special access programs and you know classified technology that would blow our minds. Mm. But you know how many times I've been like rent, talked about things like it was like fact, and then later on I was like, well, wait a minute, maybe that's not true. <laughs> like you have to go yeah. through that as part of it, and everyone has to go through that. Right. Even these people who just like follow the science, like they're gonna get it in the worst way when they you know made their whole life based around this thing, mm-hmm. and then it's just ripped from them. You know what I mean? Like I feel bad for these folks. Like they are mm-hmm. victims. They're gonna be. They're gonna have a dark, dark night of the soul at some point here. Hopefully, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, Right. Well, the science is just another form of religion. We talked about that, too. And uh, it's just something that they're going to have to realize you don't, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. What's that meme I read? I, I quit. Ah, how did it go? I went to church for 30 years. only realized I was talking to myself, you know, <laughs> and it's yep. it's true. Like we eventually you just realize like you have control of everything. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have right. to get good with settling the information yourself. I mean, here's an interesting thing that I thought was really fascinating. I kind of thought about this a lot when I was shedding my atheism back in 2010. And I realized that, you know, there's no way to prove unequivocally what something is like. You can't prove it 100 percent. You can yeah. prove it really well, but you can't prove it to 100 percent. So that means everybody's got this problem. We all are unified in the, one of the biggest problems across any place, any time in the entire universe, which is how do we know what's true? And as soon as you realize that everybody else has a perspective on the truth, then you can combine those perspectives together to form a better picture of the truth, which means the search for truth is the ultimate unifier across every culture, every person, every, even species. 
everywhere in the galaxy, everywhere in the cosmos, that search for truth is the ultimate unifier. And when we stop bickering about what we think might be true or not, then we can actually come to the table and an even keel. And that's, that's where the magic really happens. I think. Right. The enemy of truth is not, it's not falsehood. It's thinking you already have the truth. Mm, When you, when you think you already have the truth or the ultimate truth, which is, you know, religion has a lot of good to it, but this is one of the negative things is it, it gives you this false, uh, uh, view Duh. of thinking you already have the ultimate, ultimate truth. And then what do you, do you search for further truth? If you already think you have the ultimate, yeah, exactly. you're like, I'm set, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to coast to now. And you know, when I die and then you live for when you die and that's when things are going to be amazing. And it also takes you out of the, the present here and now, right. uh, and you think you have the ultimate truth and well, that's, that's a, that's basically what the mainstream media does too. It tells you what the truth is, and then you don't have to look any. You don't look any further because they already told me the truth. Right. So when you think you already have the truth, is is the enemy of the actual truth because then you never, you never go on that journey yourself. That's you right. never value that journey. You don't think you think that's you know I, why would I why would you go on a journey if you already have what the end goal of the journey is or you think you right. Know? Yeah, exactly. That's a great mm-hmm. point. Why would I go on vacation when I could get online and, and do it virtually? Why would I play the lottery if I'm already yeah. a, a billionaire? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <I'm really laughs> it's like, right. you know, you, you could do a million analogies with that. So what else? Norway lifts all almost all COVID restrictions. Did you guys see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've Denmark, been following too, it. Denmark. Um, it's the other one that we just reported on. Well, they're talking about lifting some in like Czech Republic, I think. That's right, and yeah. then uh, I think even there was reports of Israel, but then I saw some conflicting reports and it's just like, you know, there's so many countries, it's hard to keep track of what's right. going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, it seems like it's it's so coordinated. I'm, I'm not necessarily buying into the idea that it's all positive right now and like good intentions. But, um, you know, there's... There's certainly enough to be happy about that these restrictions are being ebbed. We shouldn't all just sit back and be like, oh, okay, you know, freedom's here on the horizon. We just got to wait and everything's going to be, I think it's quite the opposite. The the people that orchestrate these things, they are masters of encroachment. And so they push, they push, they push until people are finally like, I can't stand it anymore. And they back off a little bit, go back to where they were, they just back off a little bit. You actually think everything's might be okay. And then they keep pushing slowly again and again. That, might be what we're seeing now yeah i think so uh it's interesting it's interesting the stipulations like australia i have a friend over there and um because their reason is because not over 90 percent of the population is vexed that that's why they're lifting their restrictions and like you have the free freedom to travel in and out of states and you don't have to wear a mask anymore blah blah, blah. but then they they say that but then all these individual businesses are still pushing this stuff and it's like it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. it's None of it makes sense. Right. And uh, they, if you get, if you get uh, COVID over there, you get a a six month vaccine exemption. If you test positive, meaning you have all the freedoms of a vaccinated person for six months after you're tested positive, including travel. Um, In Australia? In in Australia. Yeah. Okay. I'm a hundred percent. That's not like hearsay. I I have a friend Mm -hmm. who's uh, experiencing that right now. And uh, to me, that's very interesting. It's like, where's the logic there? Like, 
and, and the, and the fact that they come last. up with six, six months exactly like what yeah <laughs> yeah it's, where is that it's coming from yeah six months sounds good honestly it's like the milk expiration date on milk like on that day it's over yeah like, that is <laughs> yeah. throw it out get it out in one day oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. How many people do that? How many people just throw out the milk like they don't drink it the day after? Yeah, or vitamins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Or yeah. tea or things like this. Yeah. Or or pink Himalayan rock salt that says oh my God. 200 million, million years old. And oh my god, do they actually put expiration dates on that stuff? That'd be yeah, then, that yeah. is. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. One last thing I want to get into before we start wrapping this up is uh, I want to get after you know after we've been through all this over these years um i want to get your opinion on the q operation and how valid you think that was and 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 if you still think that's in play right now because i do think that we're seeing even today like what you would call q proofs um oh, yeah. pr proving themselves over and over again and there's a lot of people that are you know there's a whole narrative now that the whole thing was a psyop maybe it was a psyop but a good a benevolent psyop what are your thoughts do you want to take this I gotta let my eyes out. yeah yeah sure um well, I, I do think the Q operation was valid. Um, I don't think it was what some people think it was. So, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about they know what Q was all about. They they know that Q was supposed to be this. And because it wasn't that, then it's proof that it didn't happen. For example, you hear this a lot, especially from mainstream media people who are like, oh, well, Q was supposed to be about arresting Hillary and taking down the cabal. And and getting Donald Trump elected in 2020. And look, they didn't do that. Therefore, it's all bogus. But that nobody... That is bogus. No. Yeah, exactly. But nobody really knows what the Q operation is about. We have suspicions. We have theories. But we don't know for sure. You know, maybe we'll never know for sure. But one, So in, instead of trying to debate an abstraction and something we can't confirm, let's just talk about what has happened as a result of Q's contribution to our collective reality. And what it has definitely done is it's caused people to think and rally around the, the information that came around that in way more of a coherent fashion than ever happened before, I would argue. You know, millions of people had their eyes opened and started questioning their reality and thinking for themselves. And you know, the other thing that Q talks about is thinking for yourself, critical thinking, do your own research, you know, the, all these things, working together with other people to create a kind of, uh, you know, think tank with respect to information. That idea was really popularized as a result of Q's efforts. So, you know, on those points alone, we can say that Q is a success in the sense that it got a lot of people up off of their, you know, their armchairs and working together with other people. And, you know, one last point I'll mention on this is that I don't think the, the point of, of the Q operation was a mass arrest of cabal actors. I think the point of the Q operation was to get people awake. Because the bottom line is, it doesn't matter where we look in history, the reason why tyranny wins is because the people fail to be stewards of the society in which they inhabit. And once we wake up, get off of our and start actually working to protect the world that we care about so much and that we live in, then we can have a freedom and an age of freedom that we can barely imagine, way more than even the founding fathers were able to affect. And they did a really good job. So, um, so yeah, it had such a profound effect on the mass consciousness that the ripples are just like still going out. Like, mm -hmm, even exactly. if, if Q never comes back, so many people are activated. It seems like in government, when you get like your Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, uh, James O'Keefe's, you know, it's just like the everyday people like us and you guys, we're just doing it. We're doing it ourselves. And that's even better than having some like 
placating power replace the old power you know? exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah i never you know i i forget the operation operation a soviet operation that people were really saying was that's what q was really all about especially at the end of 20 or during the inauguration last year and uh we actually wrote an article about it um debunking the idea that 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 it wasn't just a way to get people to reveal themselves as being dissidents it's much more than that because you know basically it's just a steel man the argument the argument was like well q was just about creating a place a honeypot for people who are dissidents so dissidents meaning people who didn't buy into the mainstream narrative people were actually questioning authority and these kind of things mm-hmm. to create a honeypot where they could where it would go they would expose themselves as being in support of q and now they can be marked as somebody that can get rounded up or shadow banned or whatnot and put in a position where they can't positively influence the world. But that stuff already existed anyway. That's what cell phones are all about. I mean, they've been recording <laughs> exactly. our conversation. They don't need for like, to do, yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, you know, I, I don't buy into that idea. That is now, does that mean that there aren't issues related to Q that we don't have like a kind of Q cult or maybe even a Q religion where there's this infighting between sex and all that? Of course, that's going to happen anytime you create a situation like that. But I think yeah. the overall effect was pretty positive. Yeah. Right. I agree. I, agree. I agree. And I, I, for first and foremost, I do think it was a valid military operation on some level. Yeah. And, and most of those drops were comms i don't even think they were meant for the public on some sometimes you know so yeah some of them yeah totally. right yeah i mean it, it was when you talk to people within military they'll tell you these are comms you know i've heard that they'll, over yeah over. they'll say like yeah this is exactly what it looks right like. it's, it's not it, it wasn't always meant for us so there was an operation going on did they have looking glass could they see into the future i mean some it's in some scenarios in some cases sometimes it does it, seem like it almost <laughs> seems like that did they i mean there's a number of occasions where they basically predicted the future. Um, sometimes it was like scarily accurate. Maybe they were working with the Simpsons. I don't know. But then there's the <laughs> yeah, whole, right. Like, yeah. the, you, we know the deep state is is public, so they're seeing the drops too. So I, I do think, and this is what Q even said: like disinformation is necessary. I think a part of it was also to put out some disinformation to throw off the cabal or to get them to expend their ammo, so to speak, at times. Uh, to kind of like force the cabal to make a move thinking oh, yeah. like, oh, the Alliance is going to do this on this date. So we got to hurry up and do this. And you would yeah, see like that. You would post, see first. right after a Q drop, something, some big false flag would happen mm-hmm. right after. And it's clearly like, okay, the cabal is reacting to the Q drops well, or if, what the Alliance is putting out there. Think about it like in the war strategy, like you don't know if we're confused, they're confused. And if you have to take yeah. every drop as in as real intel, you, it's not worth risking like, oh, it's just another fake drop. This isn't going to happen because that one time they don't they don't counter that is going is going to be when it bites them, you know. So if that actually was happening, exactly. that would make a lot of sense. You know, be, it, it probably was so frustrating because there's you know they wouldn't know if they're just being trolled or not. But you have to they, take it every seriously. time they have to react. Right, they don't know if it's. Right. It's like a, a guy, a guy pops out with a water gun nine times in a row on the 10th time. It's a real gun. You have to be ready just in case, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a good analogy. Uh, exactly. Right. Two things about Q for me. Uh, I was trained in journalism. So when I saw the media, just like the way that they were handling it and, uh, you know, just my casual observance of Q, I was like, well, okay, the journalistic thing would be to read every single drop. 
And when you do that, and none of the things that they're talking about in the media, like JFK rising from the grave and all this other stuff uh, that is never really mentioned and is, is actually completely like shut down by Q and that's not being mentioned, that was a red flag right mm. there. Like, okay, they are putting, expending so much time and energy attacking the movement that it's like, there's nothing, there's, there's no smoke with that fire. Yes, great say. point, actually. Yeah. And they're still spending time doing that, making a mockery of it, making movies, the Reno 911 movie that whatever the hell, I didn't even watch mm-hmm. it. Did you watch it? No. no, I didn't watch it. But And then the Borat movie. Oh, I didn't even where, know about that. What, what what's that? the the Reno 911 hunt for the QAnon or what what what's oh, really? it? Oh, wow, really? Okay. Somebody's gonna have to people in the chat are gonna be going crazy, but um yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't late late night talk shows to making fun of it and right, like why there and all these people. Mm-hmm. Like why? It's yeah, it's like why it's a certain why is every a... single thing yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean and that's a I really good point that you of Ryan, because um, you know, it, if you look at the way the media handled it, and this goes to show you how dangerous Q is to the powers that be, and we can probably make a pretty good argument for that because they never actually talked about what Q said. You only heard the straw man argument, you know? So if, if Q really wasn't that big of a deal, if the information was all bogus, then what they would do is they would expose it by reading the posts and then explaining why that post is BS with evidence that made a clear cut case so that nobody could argue with anything to the contrary. Instead, exactly. you hear the total opposite. They almost never mention Q. I don't think, I, to me, and I was following it for like two years, every post that came out, I was like, what are they saying about Q? I never saw anybody, any mainstream source quote Q ever. So, no. exactly. you know, just It's always like the I, I crazy Q fanboy that, that maybe might not even be a real person. Exactly. What they attacked was the followers of that and they yeah who might not even be following right. followers mm-hmm. it's yeah. all yeah. assassination right yeah they want to talk like, about jfk rising from the grave or like you know goblin on children but it's like what i got out of it when i read the five thousand some posts was uh oh this is the fisa court it exists this is how it works this is how you get freedom of information act laws like things that are literally changing our world today mm-hmm. and they don't talk yeah. about that they right about, yeah what i got out of q is that the earth is the earth is not flat there are <laughs> there are space programs that exist outside the public eye, and UFOs are real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, amongst many other things. So yeah. many things. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, that's so cool about it because if you if you know how to interpret this information properly, if you know how to think critically, then as I like to say, disinformation can be key information to a well trained mind. You know, you can gleam a lot just by how the media and politicians and the the mainstreamers react to this kind of information so mm-hmm. right exactly man yeah. well this has been great thank you guys so much for coming on and having this chat with us it's been a lot Thanks of fun. For having us. Yeah. yeah really yeah. appreciate it you guys are doing great work yeah you, you too do. man you, you guys too do. you guys um you guys are doing better work not better but you guys do your real work requires a lot more research going through those articles and presenting the news like that takes a lot of effort so Thank you for that. You guys just like be, you guys, we're, we're doing it every day anyway. So you guys should be the mainstream news. Like you guys, right. that's what mainstream news should be. Right. <laughs> like uh, actual journal. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe one day. Yeah, so, exactly. One day. Yeah. I know you're watching Donald Trump, so just consider it. Yeah. Hey, we are yeah. available. Get in touch Trump, with my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's him, by the way. Make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Again,
Mike, and uh, good luck with the conference too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's something. Uh, it's very ambitious. Um, after being a part of a few conferences, we realized, hey, we could probably do this on our own, and uh, it's it's. So we're doing it. We're just gonna. We're just. <laughs> we're just it's doing like we it. We're the podcast. See. We just jumped into it. And right. <laughs> like Let's that's see. the way to do it, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hopefully, this will work. <laughs> no, it's already but, shaping uh, up. It's already, already shaping up. Yeah. There's a lot of work, but just like the podcast, it seems to all be falling into place. And I feel like when that's like an indicator that you're doing something right without having to force <laughs> it. So um, we're just, you know, just following that and we'll see where it takes us. And who knows what we'll be doing a year from now, but uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. And uh, yeah. Glad to be here fighting the battle and the war for the mind with you guys. Yeah, okay. It is informational. Yeah. yeah. Um, you guys want to, uh, well, all your all the information will be in the links below, but just stillnessinthestorm.com, I guess, where they can find you guys. Uh, anything. Yeah, stillnessinthestorm.com, but he's got undergroundnewswire. Undergroundnewswire.news is my uh, news site. Um, and then we have the, uh, if, you want, if you're using Rumble, that's probably the best place to see all our stuff because not everything can go on YouTube. So uh, I would just look at the Stillness in the Storm Rumble for now. Eventually, maybe we'll we'll centralize it in like a vigilant news thing. It's still right. kind of, we're still in the beginning. Yeah, we're still in the beginning. It's a right, time right. crunch. I mean, honestly, I, you know, I wish I could like make a clone of myself to do more work because there's just so <laughs> much work that has to go into all this stuff. It's mind boggling. Yeah, we've been doing so. it like once right. a day and it's like a four hour thing. You know? Yeah, because yeah. you're doing, you're still doing Stillness in the Storm with that. Yeah, too, Stillness so. in the Storm. I still got Into the Storm on Rise that I'm still doing. Uh, We've got yeah. this other project we're working on is there's just, you know, it's when you when you start to do these this kind of work and you really have a passion for it, then you're like, holy mackerel, I actually don't have as much time as I thought. So, yeah. um, right. But right. it's an honor. I'm really happy to, to have this opportunity. It's an incredible time to be alive. Yeah. Boom. Absolutely. It is. Really it's is. scary. But, you know, we're living in we're living through history right now. And we're making history. So, That's right. exactly. um, yeah. It's huge right now. I can't wait to see what once the chaos phase is over, you know, the new earth, so to speak. Yeah, I think the real fireworks haven't even begun yet. Wait till I think I think so too. I think you're right. I think this year is gonna be pretty intense. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, there was literally a portal over my house last night. I mean, (laughs) like like, what are we what is happening? Um, I mean, and there's a lot of videos popping up of these similar things around the world that just doesn't get covered you have to like just stumble across it on the internet but there's weird things happening that are totally out of the norm that we're not used to seeing and it it's getting brushed under the you know it's getting brushed under the rug but uh it's important this is big stuff and i'm excited already happening yeah yeah our friend paul showed us a video i don't know if this was a real thing or not but it was like a blue beam projection of what looked like a planet or a moon hurtling towards the earth and it was just getting bigger and bigger, and bigger oh, yeah, coming at these right. people yeah. in the city and i was like what is yeah. that yeah <laughs> those are some of these videos you don't know like yeah because there's like if they're fake or not like I'm, I'm in film editing and i know that you can do almost anything uh anything to make it look real you know i could well that's the problem with real footage is like people will just assume it's fake a lot of time because, right it's not even oh, it just must be cgi it's not going to be a video that's going to disclose anything anymore. It, it can't be. be. And wow. even when people see yeah. something in reality, it might be a freaking hologram. Like he said, like, yeah. Right. Like, that's right. yeah. Um, but we just have to, you know, keep our head above water right now and figure out what's what and just stay true to ourselves. And that's what we're doing. 
And thank you guys who are supporting us and helping us make it possible. We love you all. Thank you for the donations. Thank you for all the beautiful comments and uh, all thank the above. Yeah, we, we look forward to seeing you guys at the conference. And thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you for what you do. Any last words before we wrap this up? Stay vigilant, my friends. It's a crazy world out there. Boom. Good night, guys. We will see you next time. Have a great evening. Take care. Take care. He said, um, listen, give me two years. You'll never want to come back. Uh, the adventure of a lifetime, and nobody will know you're gone. You get deployed at 17 and a half. And now I was deployed from the New York Athletic Club. And we got actually deployed right out of the locker room from, uh, you know, you're beamed up to the ship and then the ship takes off and you're gone for 20 years. That's a very hard pill to swallow, but that's exactly how I experienced it. I was taken at 10 years old. I was taken and I was worked through se several black programs. I was privately owned in the beginning. I did six, six or seven years on earth. Uh, that's when all the stuff for the programs began for me, uh, specifically uh, the tracking that they had been doing since I was a kid, it followed me all the way through the military. And at that point, when I got to Diego Garcia, that's where I was taken off planet. It like opened that floodgate for me. And then all of these recalls started coming in and I was just like, oh my gosh. And the way I was describing it, she's like, I've never had this with a client, but it, that you're, you're describing a parallel life right now. It's a combination of human and other species. Um, I was able to remember the name on their uniform, it's USS Arcorp. That was putting me through some kind of recruitment um, tests from age three until 12. And 12 is when I was potentially, well, taken. He said, uh, and with your scores, I guarantee you'll make commander and you'll make pilot. And I said, pilot of what? And he said, uh, four kilometer long starship. He told me what was gonna happen. He, he says, you volunteer for the program, we'll put you in, you'll do 20 years, we'll um, send you back in time 20 years, age regress you 20 years, wipe your memory, and you'll just wake up in bed like nothing happened. It's almost beyond words, it's beyond comprehension of how this could happen. Whoever's masterminding this, you know, the Air Force, you know, working with extraterrestrials, working with a lot of Pretty wild technology, which I'll also get into. It's really beyond fathomable. It's beyond fathomable.